Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Under four timeout in Orlando, where Yale leads Bucknell 75 50. That's at the under four. Ah, yes, at this time of the year, upsets do happen. Michigan State went out to Maui, and Virginia Tech got them. The tour swings the elbows through, gets it to Nolly, quick release, three, bingo! And a four-point lead for Tech and a timeout for Mike Young. Big-time players make big-time plays in moments just like that one. And indeed, Virginia Tech did. Now Michigan State is 3-2 and two on the season. Now part of this, too, is... Not having Josh Langford, even though they did play two months last year without him, that is a big loss. That 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 crushes uh, Michigan State's floor balance at the moment. They're going to have to figure it out. But Virginia Tech beat them. The team that started the year ranked number one is now three and two on the season. Steve, I wanted to note on that uh, call from the Virginia Tech game that the Virginia Tech announcer stole the patented bingo from Doug Birdsong to announce that three-pointer. I think there's a law violation somewhere. Can't get anything past you, Mr. Buhner. Boy, (laughs) I'm going to represent Doug in the lawsuit against that guy. Couldn't find a better guy to represent. Yeah, uh, you know, when you start yelling bingo at three points and your name's not Doug Birdsong, there could be trouble. Uh, he's not the only one that does it. Right, Apparently. So, uh, <laughs> no offense, I don't think he invented it. What could the rule he could copyright little, it? Yeah, he got it. He got, got it to little, the uh, copyright office though in time. That's uh, uh, that's uh, got a little chick hern in him. All right. Uh, good good point. Yes, uh, the Steelers, your team. Oh, Sean and me no, both. Yes. All right. Right now, the number six seed. Amazing. I know. You're not good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you're not very good. No. Remember close to a decade ago when the World Cup of Soccer was in South America and they, they had those, you could hear those Vuvuzelas yep. in the stadium. I have a concern on Sunday how many Steeler fans are going to s- smuggle in duck calls. Sunday at Heinz Field. Good point. I wonder. Lots. I just wonder. I, I just would like to point out in no uncertain terms on Sunday, he stepped into play and he stunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just, he was not good. He was not good in that game. I don't know what you, I don't know what you're pinning your hopes on, but he was not good. I mean, no offense. Other than those two completions that he had at the very beginning when he went in after Mason. But, yes, after that, it was quite challenging. It was. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I I saw so much bad quarterback play. That play where he rolls out and throws it out of the back of the end zone. What are you doing? Exactly. Okay. Go down. Look Look at the Bengals. They're going back to Andy Dalton. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm saying, though. I mean, but I'm saying, you go down. Why? Because the 40 seconds is more valuable than throwing it away. Absolutely. I, okay. I'm surprised they even threw on that play. They should have just ran it. Kick the field goal, move on, let sure. the clock run. It's like, come yeah. on. I mean, that's a – now, he's a rookie. I got it. That, But that's that's a big-time time mistake. Hey, this is the guy you're pinning your hopes on? I mean, really? Okay. Uh, let's uh, bring in Neil Kulong with his opinion of what's going on. Neil, to you and yours and your family, happy Thanksgiving from us to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys as well. This is uh, my favorite day of the job, not just meeting with you guys, but work-wise. It's always a lot of fun to kind of look back in the weekend, and this is a good way to sort of cap that off right before I get going on the next week. Well, when you sit back and you look at this past weekend with Cincinnati, as you said, it would be the type of game where Cincinnati might be a Joe Mixon run away from winning it, which they were, but there was the big move in the game where suddenly Mason Rudolph is is as active in the game as you and me. And suddenly, the duck is in. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that move? First and foremost, I, you guys are probably finer football minds than I. Maybe your history is better. Have you heard of an NFL game in which um, the, the previous week's starters between two teams both got benched? I know. That's what happened. And frankly, it, it, both were justified. You know, it, it, speaking for Pittsburgh, um, I, I, Rudolph, I, I don't know what the deal is with it. He, he's getting worse on a game-by-game basis. Yeah. And you expect there to be something of a regression to the mean, uh, especially with the young player. But he didn't progress all that far to begin with. Um, and he's going back further than he was when he started. So uh, I don't know what it is, but I really think uh, just the, the way Mike Tomlin spoke about it after the game, it was almost as if he had had enough. <laughs> More like yeah. not, you know, he, he puts it in a very professional manner as he should. But really, it almost kind of seemed like he was channeling the fan uh, when, when he spoke about it. Um, there was no doubt in anybody's mind Rudolph was not getting the job done. A very, very rare move. Uh, for the Steelers to bench a starting quarterback midway through the game. We haven't seen that in a long time. Right. Granted, a large part of that is because Ben Roethlisberger has been their quarterback, and you don't bench Ben Roethlisberger. But uh, Rudolph was on the, the, on the brink of his worst career game, and he's been at that point the last four weeks at halftime. Uh, I think it was definitely the right move uh, to get rid of him. All of that said, uh, they're they're not pulling Joe Montana off the bench. Let's keep that in mind. The, the one pass that Devlin Hodges made, I, I sincerely hope an NFL quarterback is able to make that. I mean, they may as well have been throwing against air. I'm wow. not sure what Cincinnati did. I'll but... be honest with you. I didn't think he played well. No, he didn't. I mean, seriously, terribly. I'm watching the game. I'm thinking, okay, this is the best you have. I mean, seriously, Hodges did not play well and got away with it. Yeah, I, I really think that's why Tomlin was almost laughing after the game. Um, I, he has not coached a game that, that had two quarterbacks playing for him who played as poorly as both of them did. Um, Hodges, however, was carried off the field by the shoulders of his teammates for how great of a, a throw that he made, um, You know, kind of lobbing the ball down the middle of the field to a wide-open James Washington, who then made the play of his career uh, in order to score. And it was everything the team needed at that point. Um, the one positive I, I will say as far as Hodges goes he got the protection that he needed. He made the right read, and he delivered a catchable pass. 
Um, but that's all it takes now to start for the Steelers. Um, that, that's not a good thing. Uh, Devlin Hodges is, is, is not the player I think a lot of fans think that he is, and it would have had to have taken um, everything that it took for Tomlin to bench Rudolph in the middle of the game for the rookie out of the FCS, who has without question the worst arm of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, and then start him the next week. It took that much. That's how poorly Rudolph had been playing. Uh, it was the right move. It was the move they absolutely had to make. Uh, that doesn't mean that if Hodges is their guy the rest of the way, let's, let's say that that's the case, which I, I bet a lot against it being that case, but it, let's say that that is what's going to happen for the Steelers. They could lose all five games. They're in a, a pretty significant quarterback disadvantage in every, or excuse me, yeah. um, they're, they're going to be less of a team yeah. in all of these games at the at the most important position in the game, easily. I think um, I think they're in a position where they desperately need to win giveaway takeaway every week, right now. I, they, they, yeah, they, I, I think they even need to win it plus three. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know how else you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to score points with Devlin Hodges. People who think that they are, you're out of your mind. I, there, there's no, nothing that you saw from Hodges outside of one play that, sorry, I, I, I'm getting killed for this in social media, but <laughs> Rudolph would have made that throw, okay? <laughs> he didn't yeah. do anything dramatic. It was a complete breakdown of Cincinnati's defense, and that happens. You know, that, that, that's football. You get that happening sometimes. Uh, Washington did a great job after the catch. Uh, some spotty defense there overall, and that, that's what makes the Bengals the Bengals. But he didn't force that play. That was not Hodges putting himself into that game and doing anything. And from there, I, Hodges, I don't think, made more than maybe one other good throw the rest of the time. Uh, he screwed up pretty bad at the end, throwing the ball away on, on uh, third and goal to set up the field goal. If, if, if they're going to bootleg him, if they're going to put him out of the move like that, he has to know you complete the pass or you go down. You do not throw it away. Um, it kept the clock going. That gave Cincinnati a shot at the end. Right. Not that it matters, but these types of things, if anybody should know that, it should be a backup quarterback. You know, He has to know the situation better than he does. And he was only in there for a half. He threw 10 passes. He completed four of them. They're they're in serious trouble. Um, for if, if yeah. we're talking about a Steelers team that's going to make a run to the playoffs, uh, they're in serious trouble. If we're talking about a Steelers team that, by all rights, shouldn't have six wins at this point in the right. year, well, then it, it's it's whatever. We're kind of playing with house money. But um, yeah, I I don't think Sunday is going to be a real fun game for Steelers fans. No, uh, in fact, he should have gone down in bounds on that play. Don't even throw it. Go down in bounds. I know it's a college player, but I'm watching UCLA play. I've seen, I saw so much bad quarterback play over the weekend. It was like stunning. Uh, I'm watching UCLA play USC. It's fourth down, right? It's late in the game, and Thompson, whatever, like it's a hyphenated name. Uh, they call him DRT, right? Who's done some good things, by the way? Right? It's fourth down, right? He gets some pressure. He throws the ball out of bounds to the point we're debating whether it's a lateral or not. It's fourth down, sport. Okay, force it into coverage. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> Throwing it out of bounds means they get the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so does it matter really if it's picked off? Stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it, at that point, I understand you, you thinking about there's some risk. You don't want to you know, give right. them a lane to go 75 yards. But if you're going for it on fourth down that close to the end zone I, anyway, I, you don't not, have much of a chance. You've got to find down. something. It's not second I, down. I would, it, it, I mean, Above I see stuff else. like that. It makes no sense to me. And watching Hodges the other day, right? Slide down. The clock's your your biggest ally. Yeah. You've got three points. 
they, they don't need to put you in a bootleg. That's why they did it. So you have lane to go down so the clock can keep going. It's like basically, no, you definitely don't want to turn the ball over. You read your one option. That's all you're going to get on that kind of a play. You hope that the misdirection kind of shakes them up and there's a lane to be able to kind of throw over the top to a, a tight end. If that isn't there, that's fine. Go down. Period. I mean, I don't even understand how you think to throw the ball away in that situation. It's it's a lack of um, experience. I mean, a player like him, he was a prolific FCS thrower um, who didn't play on all that good of a team. They they really kind of either won by a lot or they lost by a lot. Right. A lot of FCS, unfortunately. Um, You can't play the NFL game that way. It's that simple. And there are people that, that fairly put it on Randy Fickner. He, he, that, that's a situation where, you know, Fickner's got him in his headset. You know, he's speaking to him directly up until, yeah. what, seven seconds left in the play clock. He had to have walked him through that scenario. This is all you do. This is all we're going to do. If it's not there, just go down. You know, or, you know, if, if it's right. not there, if you have a lane to run, run. Just stay in bounds. Do not throw an incomplete pass and stay in bounds. This is all you need to do. Otherwise, we would just run the ball. You know, there's no sense in, in, in taking the risk on the throw for not just the turnover but the incompletion um, if, if we wanted, if, unless we were okay with uh, the clock stopping. So these are the kinds of things that they're going to get into, and Tomlin knows it too. <laughs> He's not going to say it, but he knows it. Um, they, they have the worst quarterback in the NFL starting for them in, uh, for the sake of their playoff hopes, a must-win game. The Steelers don't have to just win at least three games uh, going down the stretch here. They're going to have to win the right three games, and that has to start with the division. They have to win a game against Cleveland, and they're going to have to beat Baltimore in Week 17 uh, to, to start to have a chance at the playoffs. And to do all of that with um, a, a, an unfathomable quarterback situation, I mean, it, it's, I'll tell you what, it'll be the most improbable thing that's happened to the Steelers in a very long time if they're even in contention in Week 17. So it may not even matter. They might find Paxton Lynch as the guy all along and, and, and be dressing him in Week 17. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Give me the importance of first quarter officiating in this week's game to make sure that everything is on the straight and narrow. You know, I was kind of thinking that. I was looking over stuff this morning. You know, I, I, who I really worry about isn't just the officials. It's the security guards at Heinz Field. I mean, they, yeah. they, we talked about this last week. They, they bumped this game intentionally from 425 to, to 1 uh, for this reason. They don't want... Uh, much atmosphere. They don't want much attention. Um, I think officiating can conduct itself as normal uh, until they have a reason not to. I think they're going to have a very quick trigger. It wouldn't surprise me if, if we see uh, some of the worst and, and you know lamest um, <laughs> personal foul penalties we've seen yet, yes. which says a lot. I agree. And I, I think, though, it's the game that you kind of have to do that. You're going to have to send a message if there's anything that, that really is out of line. And I don't mean two guys, you know, bumping face masks and jawing a little bit. I mean real significant contact after the whistle, uh, hits on quarterbacks, these types of things. They're going to have to regulate that immediately, and there's no excuse for either team not knowing that that's what they're going to do. So really, um, it, this is part of the penalty that they have to pay for everything that happened at, at the end of the last game. Um, I, I think it, the question I would ask is, 
how comfortable the league is with playing two divisional opponents that close to each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for this very reason. I agree. You know, it, and I, I would imagine they make – I mean, the, the effort that goes into creating the NFL schedule is extraordinary. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but there's a ton that goes into that. It's really hard to do. Uh, people that complain about scheduling, it's just like, you know, there's probably one way to do it, and that's what you're looking at right now. You really don't have a whole lot of choices. Um, sometimes things like this have to happen, and – uh, I, I really though think that the league would rather these teams play in week one and week 17, which might be the one thing that they demand next season. I don't know. Uh, just make sure that there is not, you know, that much atmosphere uh, hanging over a, a game like this. And unfortunately it's there. And I, I don't know how much it's going to be about football, but both these teams need to win this game. So it, it's, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be feisty. We're, we're going to see the types of things that we usually see uh, in a Brown Steelers game, except the Browns are good this year. So uh, that, that changes things up a little bit. Yeah, it does. And right now the play, the Steelers are in the last playoff spot. As of today, they're in the number six playoff spot, now about to hit a really tough portion of their schedule. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, You are tremendous in this spot for us every single week, and I look forward to it every time. Thank you very much. Definitely my pleasure, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Have Have a good holiday. Get some rest. Uh, I will in Brooklyn in between games. All right. <laughs> Literally. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about how Thanksgiving has played out over the years, poor moi, uh, in a little bit. Our thanks to Neil Kulong, USA Today. Sean Kerry alongside Buner joining us, too. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. So Thanksgiving has been the, well, actually there are several holidays over the years where I've had to work. Uh, how busy have you always been on Memorial Day, Sean? Uh, kind of off and on. There were times here yeah. over the years uh, we would have uh, over on 94KX, we'd have a live and on location broadcast somewhere. So yeah, it would be there'd be a time or two, a year or two here and there I'd be called to do that and miss a cookout, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, Memorial Day, uh, the birthplace of Memorial Day is Bullsburg. I wish it had been Gettysburg. Uh, (laughs) But I had to work there every year until I changed changed up. So I've got Memorial Day off now. Okay. Now, Steve, wasn't Thanksgiving uh, the start of your career for Penn Penn State uh, when you got to be uh, an announcer? Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving weekend. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. I remember the uh, game. I was there. It was it was Bloomsburg. Yep, that was the first game I ever did. It was uh, 1981, and Penn State beat Pitt that day, 48 to uh, 14. Fran Fisher and John Grant did the football game. They needed somebody to do the basketball game, and that was me. And I worked with a guy named Henry Mayle, who was just an awesome guy. And I reconnected with Henry. When I went to the Fiesta Bowl, because he works uh, at the uh, Roger Penske car dealership in Scottsdale, which is where we were staying, and wow. so we spent the afternoon. We spent the afternoon together at the hotel, which was great. But um, so Memorial Day, I, I usually now get off. Okay, Fourth of July, unless there's a baseball game, I'll get off. And to be honest with you, 
I, I like doing baseball on the 4th of July. I think it's a fun thing. Uh, working the fireworks is not fun. <laughs> I did that for a long time, too. So that was another thing. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, uh, but baseball? Baseball on Labor Day, baseball on the 4th of July, and if it comes to pass, baseball on, the, on Memorial Day? I love that. That's fine. I, I don't really worry about that. Uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's, my family wants me working uh, because because that means Penn State's in a bowl game, and for everybody, that's really good. Okay, that's a really really good thing. Christmas, I've always had off. Always, I did have to come back once four years ago on a red eye on Christmas Eve from Las Vegas. There's nothing like getting on the bus outside the arena and having Flava Flav wish you Merry Christmas. There's nothing like it. You can't beat it. And, of course, yeah, and for those who are the uninitiated, Flava Flav uh, is Shep Garner's cousin. Oh. And Flava Flav was at the game. You know, it's like there's really nothing like having a guy with a big clock. <laughs> and you could have documented it with your smartphone so we could see the picture with you and Flava Flav. But oh well. Yeah, me, Captain Selfie. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. That's how it works. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you. I know we'll be on tomorrow. We'll be at the Barclays Center tomorrow. In Brooklyn, the home of the Nets and the home of the New York Islanders, at least temporarily. Islanders are building a new building out by Belmont Park. Get them back to Long Island. And tomorrow we'll be on at uh, 4.30. So we'll go directly from the show right into the game tomorrow with Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 4-1. and one. Penn State's 5-0. and 5 o'clock will be the tip-off. The nightcap will be Syracuse and Oklahoma State and then the Two winners, two losers will then play on Friday, and uh, I do know the championship game is at 9 o'clock, which it would be very nice if Penn State was in that thing, even though I know it would mean I would get back at probably 5 in the morning, which I really don't care about. (laughs) Well, no, I don't care. I I understand, but... um, It's all all about the team. It's not about... uh, But, so I was talking about Thanksgiving. I've spent Thanksgiving eating at the hotel in Miami at a tournament. I have spent Thanksgiving eating Domino's Pizza in Mississippi uh, because they played Ole Miss in a game down in Oxford. Flew into Tupelo. I remember we fly into Tupelo on Thanksgiving. We're going to play Friday night. So last last year, what time did you, after the uh, tournament out of the country last year, what time did you get home for Thanksgiving? Midnight. Thursday night into Friday. Yeah, so yeah. it was just it was just after midnight. We Turkey flew on the into, plane. No, <laughs> uh, no, we no, we had I don't know. It was it was a Mexican airline. <laughs> oh, so no. we had we had I think uh, soft drinks and tortilla chips. Uh, and what? No queso? Yeah. Come on, it's Thanksgiving. No, yeah. no, no. Dry. What, what we, what, what Patrick did last year is that before we went to the airport, 
they did a Thanksgiving dinner uh, uh, at at the resort at an open area that was covered right on the Gulf of Mexico. So it was actually it was, it was gorgeous, and we did it at ten o'clock in the morning because we had to be out of there at eleven. And it was an hour to get from where we were up to Cancun's airport. And from there, we flew from Cancun to Pittsburgh. And then from Pittsburgh, we bust back to State College. So we got back about midnight when it was all said and done, and which was fine. Then I worked Friday, and then I did the Maryland game on Saturday. Uh, in Mississippi, we flew into Tupelo. And it's an, your options were to fly into Memphis and bus down or fly into Tupelo and bus over. So we flew into Tupelo, uh, Elvis Presley's hometown, and we bust over on Thanksgiving. Well, when we get to the hotel, you need to have something to eat. Well, the only place that was open that night in Oxford was Domino's Pizza. So I had Domino's Pizza as my Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, so that's what we had. Um other Thanksgivings, let's see. Uh, one of the better ones was actually where Bucknell is. I know Yale won today over Bucknell 8161, but was in Orlando. And we actually played on Thanksgiving against South Carolina. The night before, MGM opened up the park to all the teams. Which is the one that has the tower, the terror of tower, tower of terror? Which one is that? Is it MGM? Do you know which, Sean? I do not. And the t- the t- I mean, I didn't get on the thing because <laughs> I'm, I'm not real. To me, I'm not into the tower of terror. I watched Towering Inferno. Uh, so, uh, I, the, uh, but they had everything in, in the park uh, to Trans Siberian Orchestra. They had the light show in the street. Which was phenomenal. I mean, Kathy, I, I was able to bring Kathy, and I was able to bring uh, and Megan and Chris were were kids at the time. Disney Chris, World has the uh, Tower of Terror. Okay, well, it wasn't Disney World. Okay. Um, uh, we stayed at Disney World, uh, but somebody else has this thing where it just drops, and everybody goes, "Eh." Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we uh, we did go to Disney World. We went to Epcot one day with the kids. We went to Disney World one day with the kids, and then we had this thing. Well, they had all these tables for the teams lined up after they toured the park, and the light show that they did on the street with to Trans Siberian Orchestra was really awesome. They had all these tables set up for the teams, and you went through buffet style, and at the end they were carving turkeys for you. This was not pressed turkey. It wasn't anything in a bowl. They were carving it specifically for you. It was really well done. So, I mean, that was cool. So Christmas, so Thanksgiving in Orlando was cool. That was better than Domino's in, in Mississippi. Um, let's see. There was Thanksgiving uh, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. That was one where I had to pop back and forth. I did a game on Thursday, Thanksgiving. Then I did a game Friday. Then Friday, I flew to Michigan. Uh, Friday night, I flew to Michigan State. Got to Michigan State at two o'clock in the morning. You know, I rented a car. Mm-hmm. Went up, went up to East Lansing from Detroit. Uh, it was a late game, three thirty game. Boom, game was over. Penn State won it. Got back in the car, drove back to uh, Detroit. Had a five thirty flight to Atlanta the next day. 
and I know I've told this part of the story before, I decided that on Friday before I left, I would arrange for a cab driver to meet me. His name was Johnny. I can see Johnny's face right now, right? One, I mean, and you want to talk about, and this, I've, I've, Johnny was so good at what he did. I was telling Gus Johnson this on Saturday because Gus and I were talking about my class and about social media on Saturday. We had a very long talk, and it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Throw yourself into it and be really good at it. So I hired this guy, Johnny, to meet me at the airport on Sunday morning because this is a tournament where you play Thursday, Friday, skip Saturday, and then play again Sunday. So it was perfect for my schedule. Well, Johnny, I said, this is what I need. This is what I do. He said, I will be at the airport. When does your plane land? I said, 10 o'clock. He says, perfect. I will be there. So all right. Well... I'm in East Lansing uh, doing the uh, getting ready, you know, maybe 15 minutes before the pregame show is a 2 o'clock airtime. And I got a phone call. It's Johnny. I just want to let you know, Steve, I drove the route twice. I timed it out. We can do this in less than 15 minutes. Now, I'm, sit- I'm standing there, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy went through the trouble and the time to do this? Now, see, that's a pro. And so it turns out that I wake up in Detroit. It's five thirty in the. It's well, I wake up at four thirty in the morning, and it's foggy to beat the band. I'm looking out. I can't believe this. There's no way we're going to take off. I'm going to miss the game. Well, I take the rental car back, and I literally it was so foggy, I had to open the door to look to make sure how I was getting into the rental car place to the entrance. I pull in. I park the car. Get on the bus. I go in there. My flight's on time. I leave at 5.30. I fly into Atlanta. I get out of Atlanta. I get into Charleston early. Early. I get into Charleston 20 minutes early. I walk out, and who's standing there? Johnny. I'm like, you got to be. This guy's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I tell my class this story all the time because, again, you, you know, if you're going to do something, be a pro. Does it matter that you're a broadcaster or does it, or, or that you're a cab driver? No. This guy put himself out to be the best he could be. I then he then takes me from there to the arena, and I get there right before airtime. I'm not going to get into how much I tipped him. <laughs> uh, seriously, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to get into how much I tipped him, because believe me, it was exponentially higher than twenty percent because it meant that much to me, right? I mean, it, essentially, it was probably about a fifteen dollar cab ride. Okay, and so I give him the money and go, boom, you keep all of this. And he looks at me and he hugs me. So I can't believe he. He said. He said this is unreal. I said, Johnny, I said, you got to let go of me. I'm on the air in, t- in five minutes. <laughs> and he says, the next time you come to Charleston, I'm getting you a limo. Right? And, right? Okay? I remember this guy to that day. That was the Thanksgiving weekend there. All right? And I'll never forget this guy. Now, Penn State's supposed to play in that tournament next year. I hope to goodness I cross paths with this guy. 
I hope I can. Absolutely. And I I hope I can see him again, and I hope, doggone it, I can give him a tip again. Because this guy was that good. So these are like like my Thanksgiving memories. I mean, yeah, obviously I've had to do a lot of games either in or around Thanksgiving during the course of my career. Christmas has always been the ones like no matter what. It has worked out perfectly where I have had Christmas off, off. Other holidays, it doesn't bother. New Year's Day, I want to be working. <laughs> Believe yeah, me, Beg, begging to be working on New Year's Day. Memorial Day, 4th of July, Labor Day, no problem, no problem, no problem. Thanksgiving, no problem. Have done it a lot. Uh, to the point where now my you know like my kids now go to their in laws for Thanksgiving things like that. <laughs> well, no, they do no, because that way that you know, that way they they carve out Christmas for us because I'm here. Uh, but that's how it's worked. But that guy, I'll tell you right now, I have used him as an example. This I think the third time I've said this. I've used him as an example in my class the entire time. You never, never take people for granted. That guy, okay, he's quote only a cab driver. Uh, I was because I said this to somebody the other day. Somebody said only to me about something, and I said there's no such thing as only. I'm only uh, a gratis system. I'll only there's no such thing as only. No such thing. Right? Everybody has their job to do. Right? And or like I'm only a housewife. Are you nuts? <laughs> That's the hardest job on the planet. Okay? There's no such thing as only. And this guy Johnny understood that there's no such thing as only. I'm only a cab driver? No, he was the cab driver and guess what? Right? All these years later, twelve years later, I think it was. I think it was. It was. I want to say it was eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, it was. It was the first games Taylor Battle played. So it was November two thousand seven. Okay, November two thousand seven. That guy, twelve years later, sticks out to me among so many other people. Tells you everything about him. This time around. Uh, Thanksgiving's in Brooklyn. People have asked me, are you going to go over the Macy's Parade? Are you nuts? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go over the bridge, try to park, spend $60 to park to watch the Snoopy balloon go by? Hey, no. but get this, though. Uh, I heard this morning we had it here on WKOK yeah. on CBS News this morning. This could be the first time in decades because of the forecast in NYC on Thursday. The balloons are going to stay down because of the winds. So that's going to be crushing to your friend Bob Taylor, Stefano. No, I, I already told Bobby tonight that tonight when we go in, and Bobby's kind of excited about going to New York. I said, look, I said it because it's easy to get to the hotel. It's easy. You take eighty two eighty Jersey Turnpike, boom. You get to the Holland Tunnel, Canal Street, Brooklyn Bridge. You're in. I mean, let's. I mean, it's, I mean, you don't have to be Ram McNally to do this. <laughs> okay. So I said to him, I said, you know, he says, oh yeah, really. He said, so we're going to be in Manhattan. I said, Bob. I said. I said, how about this? How about if I take you through the Lincoln Tunnel and I take you through Times Square, then we'll go down? He goes, really? I said, yeah, I'll do that. I said, I'll, we'll drive right down right down Broadway and then we'll work our way down the Brooklyn Bridge. I said, you know, what's the difference between getting there a quarter after 12 and getting there a quarter of 12? No difference. Right? I think it would be, you know, I mean, I've gone to Times Square a hundred times. I've stayed there how many times? Um so for him, it will be different. I said, yeah, I'll do that. I said, well, instead of going to the Holland Tunnel, we'll go to the Lincoln Tunnel. We'll just come out, boom, make a left, go up. It's one thing. Driving around Manhattan, it may be congested, but it's not difficult to navigate. 
I mean, the Manhattan's easy. To, Manhattan's exponentially easy to navigate. Yeah, other than it's all, it's all, it's a grid. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's other a grid. Than Broadway d- uh, dissecting it. It's just a straight grid, and if you know the numbers and yeah. the streets versus avenues, you can get anywhere in, right. in Manhattan. And Broadway becomes seventh becomes Seventh Avenue. Yeah. Okay. And I can see you know, once I get through Broadway, I can slide over probably to I don't know probably Eleventh and go down. You know, go down the the Parkway there. That's fine. Then then we'll work our way down to past the World Trade Center and then take the Brooklyn Bridge. It's all good. So yeah, uh, I might I might actually go to Girardi's house for Thanksgiving. Will he be uh, working on the horse racing at the time when you get there? I didn't say. I mean, I mean, we may, it may be dinner at parks. I have no idea. <laughs> exactly. uh, <laughs> That's what I meant. What racetrack will you be having turkey at? <laughs> Monmouth Park in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got points for the buffet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good news, you don't have to pay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, Bob, your Thanksgiving plans are what? Uh, having uh, Thanksgiving down in uh, Amish country in Lancaster with my newly married daughter and son-in-law, and then oh, congratulations! Th- and then he and I are traveling up to University Park for a Saturday uh, tailgate and a game. Um, I was just thinking, as long as you arrive before what? Um, 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, you're going to be fine coming back from New York City? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to leave as soon as the game's over. Rose Carter, uh, her husband, Stewart, is, works with Jay Takich as the equipment managers for Penn State football. Rose is the sports information person for Penn State basketball, but she also has to work the football game. Oh, boy. So, so Bob and I are coming back, and Rose got a hold of me. When are you leaving? And so I texted her. Second buzzer sounds gone, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is not true. No, and then I, then, then I texted her. I said, "Rose, of course we'll wait for you. You know that." And I go, "Really? You will?" I said, "Of course I'll wait for you. <laughs> Just throw the bags well, in the back. We'll be fine. We'll, we'll get back." You're we'll, talking we'll get, uh, what we'll about get back a four-hour drive from Brooklyn to back to University Park? Right, four-hour drive in the early morning hours. So getting out of there will be no issue, and and no traffic on eighty. Right. That's I mean, no, but no traffic getting out of New Jersey. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the big part. And then once you get to the middle part of New Jersey, there's no traffic anyway. Hey, we'll wrap it up in a moment. Um, WKOK traffic time is 4.53. <laughs> when it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC ways to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying find more customers for over 100 years. 
been a fun show Can today. I make uh, one quick note about uh, the uh, the um, Ronald McDonald House in Danville? Oh, please do. You sure can. Uh, it may not be huge and gigantic in terms of the donation, but I, I make a donation to that to Ronald McDonald House in Danville every month. Uh, it's I've got it automatically put in there, and I make the donation at the end of every month. Ronald McDonald House, whether it is in Danville, Hershey, or Yawkey House, for example, up in Boston, have been invaluable to the Jones family over the years. So now, after going through some of the situations we went through with our children earlier, who are now all thriving, thank God, as adults... I want to make sure that, at least on my part, I give back because I know the importance of Ronald McDonald House, and that includes Ronald McDonald House in Danville. So whatever you can do to help, you'd be amazed at what it means that when people have so much to worry about, that one less worry is off the plate. So yep. just want to just want to at least uh, pass that along to everybody, how invaluable and the great work that they do at Ronald McDonald House in Danville. Uh, you, Steve, uh, it's a great place. And uh, I was the lawyer who incorporated that place and helped get them started way back when. And they've saved countless families uh, a great deal of, gr- of uh, grief because of being there. Well, I'm not surprised you'd be involved in that, Bob. You're one of the truly great guys I've ever been around. So. Oh, you're so kind. And listen, happy Thanksgiving, Steve Jones, wherever you may be. <laughs> yes, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Bob. My good friend Sean, to say I'm thankful for that guy oh. would be a massive understatement. Thankful for both of you boys. We appreciate it. Steve, you got a busy few days ahead, and we will be listening in between meals for sure. Uh, yeah. We'll join you from... The Barclays Center tomorrow, and then the game and the broadcast right after our show tomorrow. So we'll be with you at 310 tomorrow from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And then the game, 4.30 the airtime tomorrow on News Radio 1070. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.